How many of you loved Christmas morning when you would wake up and you'd see presents under the tree? I loved it. In my house, we would have a tree, and it was in the living room, and there wouldn't be anything there, and we couldn't wait to get up. We'd get up about 4 or 5 in the morning, and we would sneak out, and we would look at that tree, and there was a sea of presents all under it, and I couldn't wait to get them. And so we give gifts because God gave the greatest gift, and that is himself, his son, Jesus Christ. And so I want to share with you seven uh, gifts that God gives us on Christmas. And so let's take a look at these seven gifts that God gives us and recognize that they're from God. Now, first of all, James says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in heaven. And so we know that all the good things that God has for us, He does not withhold, but He gives them to us. In fact, Jesus said, you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will my Father give His Spirit to you? God desires to give us good gifts, and all good gifts come from Father. And so let's take a quick look at these seven gifts that God has given. Number one, the first gift is this, Jesus Christ, His Son. The Word of God, the Logos, the wisdom and treasures of knowledge, God came in flesh. For God so loved the world that He what? Gave His only begotten Son. So this is the first gift, that Christ came. Perfect in humanity, perfect in deity. He came through virgin birth, so His blood was pure. It was never tainted by the curse of Adam. And because of this, His blood was the only spotless blood, pure blood, that could be sacrificed for the sins of the world. The love of God put on flesh, dwelt among us, and went to the cross. And when He was there, all of our sin was placed upon Him so that He would take all of God's judgment on sin upon Himself. In doing this, He gave us the gift of forgiveness and justification. We've been cleansed of our sins if you would trust in Jesus Christ. That's an amazing gift, wouldn't you say? Three of you agree. (laughs) It's an awesome gift that God would give Himself to die for us so our sins would be removed. It goes on, though. He gave a second gift. In the book of Acts, it says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, since your sins were cleansed by putting your faith in the blood of Jesus, you are now a clean vessel for the very Spirit of God to dwell in you. As Christians, we forget this. We don't even recognize that God lives in us many times. We think we have thoughts about God and understanding and maybe wisdom about God, but He literally dwells in us. I like what Paul does in the book of Romans chapter 1. He turns the name around on the Holy Spirit. We call Him Holy Spirit so often, right? We think that's His first name and His last name, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Paul said He is the Spirit of holiness, And therefore, what every Christian has dwelling in them is the what? Spirit of holiness. So when you walk in the room, what comes in the room? The spirit of holiness. When you're driving in your car, the spirit of holiness abides in you. He doesn't come and go. You are vessels that contain the very presence and nature of God. The indwelling nature of God Himself, His spirit of holiness. That's what we are, the spirit of holiness. Now, he gave us the first gift, his son, so that he could give us the next gift, his spirit. 
so that he could give us the third gift, which is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. Zoe life. Life from God. And it starts now when you receive Christ as your Savior. It's not this bit that, you know, I'll believe in Jesus and then i got to endure life till I die and get to heaven. Eternal life starts now. The power of His nature, the power of His presence, and the power of that life is yours. It's just going to be a transition between this life and eternal glory. I'm amazed that we have eternal life here now. His life dwelling in us. That's awesome. This is going to go on. You know, three billion years from now, we're going to look at each other and go, do you remember Christmas 2012 when we were sitting and we saw that drama? Wasn't that cool? We're going to go, yeah, I kind of remember. Were you there? Anyways, eternal life begins now, and it's the third gift. God gave us Jesus to come, bear our sin, die on the cross, so that he could give us the second gift, which is his indwelling presence, his spirit, his nature to dwell in us, so that we could experience God's life, eternal life, in us now. So that we could get the fourth gift. Each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, and another has that gift. Not only did he give us the gift of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, eternal life, but he also gives us spiritual gifts. Or in the Greek, it's charis. A gift is a charis or a grace. He graces us with supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. To one, he gives the gift of tongues. To one, he gives the gift of healing. To one, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles. To one, he gives the gift of administrations. To one, the gift of helps. We all are gifted by the Holy Spirit. We have a variety of gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He gives these gifts to the church so that we grow up in the spirit and nature of Christ himself. Wow, this fourth gift is beyond what we could imagine, even knowing Christ, having the spirit, and also having eternal life. But now he's equipped us to live this life powerfully while we're here to do the job he's asked us to do to spread this message and care for other people round about us. That's an amazing gift, wouldn't you say? Oh, it doesn't stop there. Then he gives us the gift of salvation. Well, these all go together, don't they? But the gift of salvation, we have to understand, it's not just knowing about Jesus, and it's not just having eternal life and the gifts of the Spirit, but the gift of salvation, the word salvation is a Greek word, sozo. And what we've done as evangelicals is we've talked about salvation simply meaning accepting Jesus as your Savior. But the word salvation in the Bible, sozo, is a big, big word. It means not only to have salvation, it means to have deliverance. Not only are your sins forgiven, but you have the power now to overcome sin. Somebody should have said amen right there. You have the power to be delivered. The word so-so also means deliverance. To be delivered from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of glorious light. It's not just getting a ticket to heaven. It is getting a heavenly life to overcome the powers of the satanic realm. It is power to demolish strongholds and to defeat arguments against Christ. It is the power to deliver people from patterns of addiction, patterns of sin and struggle, and to be delivered from them. We've been given salvation. Salvation isn't just deliverance. It also means health, wholeness, healing. 
that we have a sound mind. We no longer fear. And we have power and love from God. We have wholeness that our mind can be renewed and restored into what is true, no longer trapped in lies. Salvation is a powerful, powerful gift. It's not just knowing about Jesus. It's being set free by Him. Wow, these are amazing gifts. We still have another one. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. We talk about grace as that, well, it's unmerited favor. God was nice. He saved me. That's it. We need grace every day. This is a grace that, if you'll remember the Apostle Paul, here's a guy that could lay hands on the sick. They'd recover. Someone would die. He'd lay hands. They'd recover. He, he would preach to crowds. People would get saved. He was a mighty warrior, but there was a time he even needed the grace of God beyond salvation. He prayed because there was a thorn in his flesh. There was people trying to destroy his ministry. He was struggling. He cried out, God, I need help here. Would you send forth help and deliver me? And God said, my grace is sufficient. Grace is that power and that anointing, that gifting that gives you the ability to be sustainable through difficult times. He prayed three times and God said, my grace is sufficient. And Paul continued on. Grace reminds me of that coach that in gymnastics, how many of you ever seen people trying to do a new jump or a new leap? They run, they go, they hit the springboard, and the coach is there to make sure they land properly and don't hurt themselves till they learn how to land on their own. Grace does that. Grace says you're going to have to learn for this next level of struggle. Grace says I'll be with you through the fire. Grace says I'm here to hold you up, but I want to teach you how to walk and mature on your own. Grace gives us strength to endure. It's a, it's a gift we need to have because He's given us the gifts of the Spirit to go out there and to do what we need to do. He's given us salvation to beat and to overcome the devil, but He's also given us grace to endure the fight that we're in. Amen? Last of all, the seventh present is the gift of righteousness. He says this in Romans five seventeen. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, there it is, and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. The gift of righteousness, it is ours immediately at salvation. It is a gift of a right relationship. Gift means charis. It means it is not earned. The gift of righteousness is not earned. You are given a right relationship with God because of Jesus Christ, your Savior. It's what Jesus did on the cross that gives you a right relationship with God. You're forgiven for Christ's sake, and remember that. If it was earned, it would be a wage. God doesn't owe any of us anything. It is all by the grace of God that we have a right relationship with the Father. And if I have a right relationship with Father, I am now adopted by Him. I was purchased with the price, and I can ask of Him anything, and He shall answer. He will hear me through the name of Jesus Christ. I have right relationship with the Father. This is awesome. It's awesome. He's given me Jesus and that has set me free from my sin so that I can be cleansed. And now He's given me His Holy Spirit. And now after He's given me His Holy Spirit, He's given me eternal life. And with eternal life, He's also given me the powerful gifts of His Spirit to operate in this life, 
And as He's given me the gifts of His Holy Spirit, He's also given me salvation, the power of deliverance and freedom and healing to walk in this life and care for others. He's given me the gift of grace so that I can sustain and live through this time to do all that I can for others. And last of all, He's maintained my relationship with Him through Christ and the gift of righteousness. Now there's seven gifts that are inseparable and belong together. And what I love about them all is that they're irrevocable. God will not take them back. Amen? For the gifts of God and the calling of God are without repentance. That means irrevocable. What He has given you, He is not going to take back. He has secured these gifts by the blood of Jesus, sealed them in you by the presence of His Holy Spirit, and they are ours unto the day of redemption. Some of you have failed in using them. Some of you have been trapped by the enemy. Some of you have not lived up to the full potential of these gifts. Some of you haven't even unwrapped some of them yet. But God won't take them away. He's patient, waiting for you to unwrap them all to live in them, walk in them, and use them. These are the gifts of Christmas. This is what we celebrate. This is the power of Christmas here for us all. And so we thank God for them. And I pray that you will search them out and discover their meaning in your life. Let's bow our heads. Father.